AEG Presents is thrilled to announce Burt Kreischer live at Red Rocks Amphitheater Wednesday, September 8th, 2021. He's joined by Mark Normand, and it's time to get your tickets. All you need to do is download the Red Rocks app before you visit, which you should already have done, to be honest. Great app and so easy to purchase your tickets to your favorite concerts or shows. If you don't know, Burt is an American stand-up comedian, actor, writer, and host who performs to sell out crowds across the country. Described as having a rare and incredible talent, Burt has evolved from being named Rolling Stone's number one partier in the nation to one of the top names in comedy. Between his two previous stand-up specials, The Machine on Showtime and Comfortably Dumb on Comedy Central, his two podcasts, Burt Cast and Open Tabs, his YouTube cooking show, Something's Burning, his book, Life of the Party, Stories of a Perpetual Man-Child, along with formerly hosting the Travel Channel's Trip Flip and Burt the Conqueror, as well as FX's Hurt Burt, Burt has succeeded in finding the elusive blend of being a cringe comedian with real insight. He's one of the best storytellers of his generation, and Bert seemingly and sincerely shares anecdotes about his family and fatherhood while showing his ability to prove that there's a way to take his party boy antics into middle age. So download that Red Rocks app today and grab your tickets to see Bert with Mark Norman on September 8th at the best venue in the world. NBR Avalanche Podcast. I craft in sportsbook. On to download and get an amazing odds boost. I'm your host Rudo, joined by AJ Hayfley, and we are here on a Monday after what may be the greatest weekend in hockey Twitter history. Um, <laughs> it was uh, it was quite the weekend of uh, of spicy tweets and drama for for the hockey world. Thanks in large part to the Carolina Hurricanes. So, <laughs> a lot of angles to this. Yep. Uh, was this good for the game? Was it bad for the game? Is this is this pettiness amazing or is this juvenile nonsense? Uh, which part of it was your favorite? Because there are so many little details here, where one organization was clearly still very upset with another organization. <laughs> About that other organization doing them a straight up solid a couple years ago. <laughs> I, there's a lot to get into with this. I mean the the offer sheet for the offer sheet is one thing. Yeah. But it's the de- I think it's the details right. when, that when you find out the really signing get into it twenty dollars. <laughs> That's uh, that's when the fun begins. When... And everybody's like twenty dollars, and then slowly the pieces get put together. Yeah, like 
that's his jersey number. Meanwhile, the Hurricanes Twitter is just going off the entire time. <laughs> so <laughs> I was a big I was a big fan of the LOL tweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where it was just like, we're not trying to be professional, we're not trying to hide with this. We're just straight out here. This is this is we're just dunking. That's all this well, is. I, there was there were so many good things, like in my opinion, good. Uh, they had the the quote that was word for word the same as what Bergevin said when they got Aho. They had the announcement in French from the Carolina Hurricanes Twitter. They had the people don't forget tweet with the signing bonus of $20. <laughs> they even changed their account bio to French. Yeah. Like... The the French thing is like a low hanging fruit when it comes bit. to uh, when it comes to the Habs, yeah. Where it's just like do it in French, and it's like okay, like that one that one felt like a layup, yep. but the rest of it was a true petty genius masterclass in pettiness. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was absolutely like a like petty one hundred and one. <laughs> The it was no reverse card. All I forgot about that one. <laughs> it was perfection. <laughs> and then the uh, the total dollar amount ended up being well, the contract ended up being six million one hundred and fifteen dollars. Exactly fifteen dollars because Kotkaniemi wears fifteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just so good. It was so good. Top so many bottom. so many good touches to appreciate. So. I think I think I know where we're gonna we're gonna land on this, but I guess I guess we'll just start there. Just to put it out there, yeah. Is this good or bad for the game? Oh, it's so good. This is so good. This is exactly the type of thing that hockey's been desperately lacking for so long. I'm okay. tired of the robotic human beings that play hockey and never have any fun. <laughs> I was listening to Brian Burke tell the story of how he and Kevin Lowe were friends. Yeah. Until the Dustin Penner offer sheet. <laughs> yep. And that for a long time that ruined their relationship. And it's like good. <laughs> Teams like, shouldn't like I'm, each other. Yeah. I, exactly. These 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 dudes are competing for something. Yep. Like these dudes, these every time one team does something to get better, your team has to either match that or you fall behind. You know, if you're the if you're better and they do something to get better, then they've closed the gap on you. Like it's just I and and the the NHL has always been stupid about restricted free agents. It's always been stupid, and it's why we always ignore this offer sheet nonsense. Because no one – it's almost never done in a way that is relevant at all. And we'll get into like, more why I think this one is significantly more relevant than many in the past. But Absolutely. But the problem – I mean, the the even – even like the Aho one never stood a chance. Right. Everybody looked at it. Obviously, Carolina like, was going to instantly match that. It just this is yeah. the dumbest thing. All they did is make sure that they have Aho under contract. Like they don't have to deal with any of the RFA nonsense yep. that any of those teams had to go through. Yep. That's 
Yeah, absolutely. Would have loved it if the Avs fired back at Calgary for the O'Reilly offer sheet. Well, and and you knew that the Avs were pissed. Greg yep. Sherman's interview when that got matched, they went they went and had a press conference after the first period in which the Avs said that they were going to match. Yep. And Greg Sherman said, "If that's how they want to conduct business, that's on them." Yep. And it was like, "Here we go." <laughs> Let's get some saltiness up in here. And then the Avs were meek from that point forward. They didn't ever do anything about it. They yep. just took it and ended up having to trade the player anyway because they didn't want to be in Colorado. Is it that, was Maybe it was that's dumb. the real reason they signed Joe Colborn. Maybe it all comes out. Like, this is... The, yeah. <laughs> that was it. bad. <laughs> Calgary. <laughs> really worked out for the apps there, huh? <laughs> so it's I don't know. The Yeah, the that would have actually been great because they would have just had the uh they would have the abs if they had not matched the O'Reilly offer sheet would have gotten the Monahan pick. Yep. It would have been a and what a Calgary wouldn't have gotten, they wouldn't have gotten O'Reilly anyway. Columbus was first in the waiver priority. Yeah. That's so. I'm glad they got rid of that. The entry waiver stuff is was so messy. Yeah, it was dumb. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm all for it. yeah. The Carolina was just like okay, like Montreal did them a solid, and now Carolina was mad about them doing them a solid, and, and just decided to stick it to them. In a really weird way, well, but so, and we'll we'll get to like the, yeah, I guess we can get into it because like well, first of all, part of this is you know supposedly there's been some reporting that Carolina had initially tried to make a trade for Kakaniemi in the mm-hmm. first place before getting to this offer sheet level. So even even with this pettiness, it seemed like they tried to do it reasonably at first, and when they couldn't come to a trade deal, Carolina just said, screw it. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah. It'll be... (laughs) What makes this more interesting to me? Yes, all the pettiness is great. All the Twitter banter is great. Love it. To the top, to the bottom. But this specific uh, offer sheet is nothing like the Ajo sheet. There's no guarantee at all that uh, Montreal's going to match. Well, and uh, that's because Kotkaniemi is nowhere near a $6 million player. Agreed. Yeah, well, Kotkaniemi was drafted third overall three years ago. Yep. And going into that draft, I loved him, but third overall was too rich. It was too high. Montreal drafted a center. They wanted the center. They drafted the center. Yep. They drafted the highest center on their board. And 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 you can say, you know, organizations will say, oh, he was our best player and blah, 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 blah. They drafted a center because they've been trying to find centers for the last 10 years. That's just what that's just what was up. They're always after centers. They had third overall pick. They said, we don't know when we're gonna be here again. We're taking a center. And his best season has been his rookie year with 34 points. Yeah, and like Kakaniemi was a good prospect who got overdrafted because of his position and then dropped straight into the NHL. Yep. 
And it's easy now to sit back and say, oh, he should have gone. He he should have stayed in Finland or he should have gone to the AHL or he should have done whatever, right? Like he should have whatever development path he should have gone, mm-hmm. you know, and, and maybe he would have had a chance. It's and super easy, but yeah. it is. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, with Kot Kamiemi, he just hasn't proven it. And he's, he, his second year, he was healthy, scratched. He got sent to the AHL. His third year, he wasn't much better. Didn't take steps forward. Has come up big in the playoffs for them. But it's really just like riding well, shooting percentages. I mean, it, it, even that's a double-edged sword because everything on this seems to be because they ended up scratching him in some of the cup finals games. Right. So <laughs> on that side of it too, it's easy to see why he was willing to sign an offer sheet with another team. Maybe he's a little bit unhappy with Montreal and the way he's been treated here. Yeah. I mean, I would say, I would say if you, if he, I mean, he had, he had to sign this, right? Yeah. Somebody was offering him $6 million. There's no way he's turning that down for sure. But yeah. And I don't understand the three and a half Montreal would just match. Carolina, Carolina put the number on him so that they wouldn't match to, to make it difficult for the Habs to match. Yep. That's that's why they did that's why they did that. Is they clearly value the player. Like as as much as as much as we're talking about the pettiness and all this nonsense, like they they very clearly want Yep. Yesperi Kakaniemi to come in and help them. And it's and- kind of an interesting evaluation because how much better is he than the guys that they already have in right. place? It's not like Carolina was desperate for forward help. Well, and like, do they need a, a, a 1C? Totally. Is Kyle like, be that guy? <laughs> like, is is Sebastian Ajo like a true 1C? I, I tend to not think so. But he's good enough that he's fine there. And then at 2C, like, I don't know. You really don't like Sebastian Ajo, do you? It's not. I like. He's a good player, man. He's a point-per-game dude for the last three years. And you don't think he's a 1C? Yeah, all right. I'm probably being too harsh on him. You're right. You're right. You're right. I retract. All right. I But but beyond there, like, Trocek and Stahl down the middle? Yeah, like your point holds. Who is Kakiem? Kakaniem is not better than any of those dudes. Is he like? Is he a better bet than Derek Stepan at this point for their four C? Sure. Are you really going to pay him six million dollars and give like up a four C and a third? No it it makes perfect sense. That's how that's how you have to do it yeah. if you're going to sign an RFA. If, if you're even considering an offer sheet. You have to do that because right. the other team will just match otherwise. If you if you play the well, he's not worth more than this. Then his own team is just going to keep him. Yep. And but you'll notice they paid him six point one million. Uh, the break point for the next level of compensation is six point one six million. They like yep. literally the top of the first and third compensation for them. Yeah, Nino Niederreiter's not a center. No, he's not. 
He's all but, yeah, and between Trocek and Neches, like they've got some they've got some versatility. Yep. So I just the fit is weird. It is. Why are you why why are why are you going and getting this guy? I can understand here's a young guy that we think is gonna be better away from them and with us. And we think that he's going to get a lot better and he'll outperform the way that he has already. We don't plan on paying him $6 million next year because he can get a $6 million qualifying offer easily next year. That's where this, that's kind of the poison pill of this deal. Yep. Is that it's not just $6 million this year, but you have to give him a qualifying offer next year. And you either give him a qualifying offer at six point one million, which he can of course the agency, yeah. Or which just of course sign. he can just accept yeah. and say thank you. Or you can the team can renegotiate a deal at whatever price they want, uh, a multi year deal. Yep. So that was the the qualifying offer is actually how the Avs ended up with Andre Burkowski. Yep. Because Washington did not want to pay him. What was it? A three point two, two five. Yeah, I think it was three two five uh, qualifying offer to play on their third line that year. Yep. And the ABS were like, "Okay, we'll pay him more than that." Yeah, easy. So that's that's where they that's where they went. Um, and and with Kotkaniemi, it's it's like. This is a, a player that is obviously liked around the league, but to what extent? Yep. That uh, That is the question. Obviously, Carolina expects a lot out of them to be willing to make an offer sheet like this. But Well, and, and that it was Carolina, a team that drew a hard line at like $3 million on Nadelkovic. Yep. And then drew a hard line on Dougie Hamilton and just watched the like watch that dude just leave. Yep. But are willing to go 6 million here. Yeah, and the 6 million, the 6 million is fine. Like they can they can kind of afford it. Mm-hmm. Like they don't have any as far as I know, they don't have any like huge raises to give out immediately. Uh the Svechnikov deal is done now. Um, so this is, this is all good and well for this year. They're fine, but I think that over, you know, they'll have to, they'll have to renegotiate a deal with Kotkaniemi. And I know that people are like, oh, they're going to try and renegotiate, you know, they'll negotiate a deal halfway through the year, or they've already agreed on a handshake deal or blah, blah, blah. Sure. Whatever. The point the point is is that even if they have a even if if, if Kakaniemi has a bad year, Carolina's kind of tied themselves to the guy. Are they gonna give him six million dollars this year and a first and a third? Because they have to give up a first round pick and a third round pick to get him. Yep. So they do that, and then if he if let's just say he has a twenty five point season. And if Carolina doesn't want to give him, if, if Carolina sours on him and they're like, ooh, we really don't want to give this guy a multi-year deal, they either have to qualify him at six or let him walk. 
let him go into free agency. Yep. So they're kind of forced then to give this guy a multi-year deal at a lower number. But if that, if 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 like if you're Kakanyemi, why would you take a two-year deal at two and a half million? Right. right. When you could just take your qualifying offer for six. Makes no sense, exactly. Yeah. And so they've they've sort of like like this is petty and it's brilliant and it's a ton of fun. But this specific example with this team and this player makes no sense. A lot to of me. weird question marks there. Yeah. It makes no sense to me. Where does he play? How does he make them better? Yep. You and exactly. That's exactly the point that I'm making. Why would he not just say, I'll just sign my qualifying offer? Because the only way that they can lower that number is if they give him at least six million dollars on a multi-year contract, and he may he may not be worth that. If he goes out and has another twenty-five point season, why would you give him? Well, that's the thing. Six is, million dollars on a multi-year at deal. At that point, they're just not going to QO him, right? Well, and then and then he's that's just a free agent. Free agent, exactly. Yeah. And then he's just a free agent. Yep. And now now you have a problem because now that guy could just go anywhere. That's a, a real concern about the way Carolina went about this, for sure. And that's that's where I just don't... That's the part where I'm like, okay. Um, because he hasn't been, like, so good that, like, these numbers, these numbers that are being thrown around in chat right now, oh, $4 million? He hasn't even proven to be worth that. Yep. He's barely proven to be worth half of that. If you gave, Tyson Jost just got $2 million and has been more productive than Kakaniemi. Right. Based on his production, if you gave him JT Confer's contract, you'd be hoping for a big jump in production from him. Like, right. It would be a leap of faith. Yeah. <laughs> and they gave him six for one year. So uh, contracts like that make me want to drink. So go grab yourself some Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR, whether you get it down at the DNVR bar or at a local liquor store near you. Keep your eyes peeled for the Good Company Hard Seltzer, some delicious stuff made by Breck Brew as well. And then hit up Green Mountain Dental Group, group even to get your teeth cleaned and fresh, get it all nice and looking good inside your mouth. They're just 15 minutes from downtown. And they're the best family dentist in the Denver metro area. They do a great job. When you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, they hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush as well to make cleaning your teeth at home that much easier. So check out Green Mountain Dental Group for your chance to get that free Sonicare toothbrush. Also, consider signing up for a membership to the DNVR. For uh, annual membership, not only do you get access to all of our content, you get a free shirt from us as well. You get big beers at the bar. You get access to the DNVR lounge where we're talking all Denver sports all the time. Basically, big old community of everybody. It's always a fun time in the in the lounge. AJ and I pop in there pretty regularly to have, have hockey conversations in the ads channel. So, I was wanna, just doing it right before the show started. There you go. It's a, it's a good place to hang out and talk Denver sports. I can't recommend it enough. It's like our uh, it's like our show chat here on YouTube, but at all hours of the day, basically. <laughs> um, so, yeah, come on down. Give us a little bit of support and get access to a bunch of cool stuff with DNVR. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Rudo and AJ coming at you. I did want to show just very quickly a little bit of Kotkaniemi's isolated impact since I have them right here. 
Uh, not certainly not a six million dollar player. Uh, the defensive side is good in two of the three years. Offense is a bit of a struggle for the kid. The, the question though is that is he going to be is he going to be a center? Right. With those defensive impacts, because those defensive impacts matter way more if you're in the it, middle it, of the exactly. ice. For sure. Yep. Otherwise, you're talking about Val Nachushkin. Yep. You know, which, hey, that guy's valuable. But anybody anybody here okay with Val Nachushkin? Val making Nachushkin $6 million? <laughs> yeah, anybody no. here okay with, uh, if a team called up Colorado right now and said, we'll give you a first and a third for. Val Nachushkin. Could we all agree that the ads should just say, uh, yes. Take the picks, yep. And move on. Like, no questions asked. Like, yep. just be like, yep, totally. You could you can flip a first and a third for a, a better player than Val Nachushkin, probably. But. Yeah, you can add Connor Timmons. You can get Darcy Kemper again. There you go. <laughs> oh, man. That's a deep cut right there, oh, AJ. Geez. <laughs> I just don't want to talk about it anymore. Okay. All right. So, clearly there's a little bit of weirdness going on with the, this Kotkani. I mean, how much of that was Carolina thinks that he's the perfect fit? How much of that is they want to get back at Montreal a little bit? Maybe some of both? Well, and, and it's this this is great because this is exactly the kind of predatory RFA the league is needed. You need a GM, you need an organization that's got stones and says, go hard. Yeah. yeah, and then says, we, we're trying to make our team better. We we're going to... this relationship, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're not worrying about this. We're just trying to do what we can to get better. Yep. And we're, this is available to us. We're comfortable with this price tag. We understand that this is this is too much money, but we have faith. We have faith that this player, over time, will improve to what people think he can be. Will justify time. this level of investment. See, and this is the mistake right here. Kevin's making it in the chat. He says, "Now yep. someone do it to Pedersen and Hughes." This is the mistake I, that they're making. I agree one hundred percent with because this. everybody thinks, "Okay, great, maybe this opens the door for for offer sheets." Don't offer sheet those guys. Wait, the star players, they don't move. The why amount. is what is care what why would Montreal not match? Because it's 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 two things. It's the combination of both of them. Okay? It's yep. the money. Yep. And, and the, it's compensation. the It's the compensation too. I like it's yeah, sorry. Come we'll we'll go compensation because the draft picks yeah. and the money are kind of tied into one. And the other, it's the player. He's not good enough. Montreal's looking at it and they're saying a first and a third for a guy who maybe isn't very good, like isn't that good, I should say. And six million dollars too much money, like. But it doesn't sink you. Like for for six million dollars for one year, assuming that he gets three million dollars on a multi-year deal moving forward. Yep. Okay, like bam, but. If you try and do it, if you try and do it with a star player, the team is just going to match. They're just going to say, "Okay, Unless well, we're not told. losing our, we're not losing our star player," because you remember, you have to remember that the offer sheet rules are different. Yep. 
than regular than the regular uh, contract rules. Mm-hmm. So if you sign a guy to a huge deal, the rules are different. How the how the AAV is calculated through five years is yep. different than a regular a regular contract. Yep. And yeah, you can say you handcuff them. Okay, great. Now now they're handcuffed. But guess what? They're handcuffed with their great players. Yeah, it, unless which you is, like, which is where all teams eventually want to end up anyway. Unless you heinously overpay, like you're like, talking like max contract levels of. If overpay. somebody had rolled yeah. in and offered Kel McCarr thirteen million dollars a year, look, the ABS have to find a way to match that. If you're, it, it depends on team situation, right? If you're the ABS and you're pushing for your cup window. But if you're Vancouver and someone offers $13 million for Quinn Hughes and you get four firsts on top of that? Yeah, that's the one where you just say, we love the kid. But no! Right. Like, enjoy handcuffing yourselves with to that player, whoever did that offer sheet. Yeah, like, that's a, that's a contract that's so out of whack with reality. And the other the other aspect of this, just because I, I'm surprised somebody hasn't mentioned this, but Hughes can't be offer sheeted. Yeah, he's um, by the, oh, there it is, right there. Yeah, yeah. still coming out of DLC. So it's a it's a technicality for right now. For one um, year, that will be the case. It's not <laughs> it's not really the point of the discussion, but there's always going to be like Pick whoever you person. want, Matthew Kachuk, then, but whatever. A, a I mean, player on a bad team. Like, Pedersen is the is the guy. He's eligible, and yeah. it's that example. So that's the. But if a team if a team overpays that far for a star player, fine. Yep. But then maybe maybe take. you're just like, okay, we'll take our we'll take the four first rounders and whatever. And. But we're saying it would take literally the most expensive contract in the league. You're paying right. more than Connor McDavid for that guy. Right. But when you look around, how should this be how should this be done? Look, the there are cap strap teams with RFA problems. Yep. Okay. Look the you look at the New York Islanders right now. Have they announced any of their deals yet? They announced one of them, right? Like there are still dudes that are still the, the sitting out on the market technically. Like, uh, I don't see Palmieri anywhere. Yeah, Palmieri's still there. Um, and they still need to sign Bovillier, too. Well, and this is the point that I'm getting. They, they haven't announced the, uh, the Sezikis deal. Yep. Like, they haven't announced any of this stuff yet. But this is this is why you don't mess with offer sheeting star players. You try and you, you see a team that is in some cap trouble right now. Mm-hmm. And you look at a guy like Ilya Sorokin. Okay. Any offer sheet to Sorokin, they're probably going to match. So you say, all right, well, they've got Anthony Beauvillier. Well, then that's not a star player. Exactly. But he's, a, he's a good player on a cap strap team. He's right in that mid range that you can actually potentially get. from Right. And you get a guy that's probably a top six guy there, mm-hmm. and that's that's where you throw the same kind of deal. You throw a one year, six million dollar offer sheet at that guy. Yeah, the thing is, like, even that is where it gets hard. If you're if you're moving up to the next bump, they gave a first and a third here in the Cockney one. If you move up to the next tier, which is six point one six to eight point two. You have to give first, a second, and a third, and it's not that the cost is the problem; is that there's all 
20 teams in the league that cannot do that right now because it has to be this coming year's draft picks. Yeah, and, like, obviously you'd have to do all that, right? Right, but I'm just saying just to do it at all, once you get up into those higher numbers, you have to have the assets. And, yeah, there are 11 teams that can do the first, second, and third or the two first, second, and third. Uh, even, Even the first and the third that Carolina just did, there's only 16 teams that can do that. So... You know, half the league has eliminated them from giving real potentially could work offer sheets before the offseason even starts. That's part of the reason I think why you see so few of them. If you're if you were looking for a forward and you're surveying the RFA market right now, genuinely, and you obviously believe in the player. Wouldn't Nolan Patrick be a great one for this? He'd be fun. Vegas is already maxed. Yep. They're already to the cap. Now they can get under the cap because Alex Tuck is going to miss a bunch of time, so they'll have some money there for LTIR. Yep. But why not throw a predatory deal that way at that guy? How much would you be willing to give up for Patrick, though? I wouldn't do the, I mean, the first and the third is the high end of what I would do, but that's the conversation, right? Like that's like a first, that's the third at like four and a half or something like that. That's the point of this, right? Yeah. Is that you're obviously going to, you're obviously going to overpay to a certain extent. Of course, by default, unless you just want them to match, you have to. And if you, like if, if Vegas just straight up matched then you're like, darn, that sucks. It didn't work. But now Vegas is paying a guy that they're likely only going to pay a million or two tops right now. Yep. They're paying that dude. A couple extra million, yep. Right. Now they're fine. They have to find a way to make it work. Yep. When when Tuck comes back, like, okay, now they're in some trouble. But they've. it's not like overpaying for a star player. That's overpaying for a guy where Nolan Patrick – what is he to Vegas? Who yeah. is he on Vegas? You know, I I just you know, and this this isn't an abs conversation. This is a league wide need a forward type of spot. Yeah, if yeah. you're Seattle, you yeah. know you're you're the Kraken. You're sitting there. You've got a couple of extra picks sitting around. Not many, but a couple of extra picks sitting around. Why not take this chance? Why not go after that guy? Definitely you know, be. like, would that not be a guy that you should build around? And and I, I'm picking Patrick because Vegas is already in such deep cap trouble here. Sure. But, you know, on the other hand, look at Robert Thomas in St. Louis. There's a lot of good options out there, Like, St. Saint, Saint Louis has signed basically their whole roster, top to bottom, forwards, defense. They don't have very much cap space. What happens if you just throw a three year a three year offer a three year offer sheet at that guy? Yamamoto for, you could for five and a half million dollars or something. Yep. yep. You know, like that's that's where I think teams need to we've always said teams should abuse this more. They just never and that's, have really, yeah. 
what I've been, what I'm hoping that this will open it up to is that teams stop being like, oh, well, I'm going to respect your RFAs. I'm going to, we're going to do this and do, you know, be predatory. Predators, yeah. <laughs> like these guys are free agents. Part of what makes the NBA so compelling in its off season is that teams are cutthroat. They mean business. If they want to get better, they'll find a way to get better. They go hard. Yep. None of this like gentlemen's agreements that RFAs are off limits. No, F all that. If St. Louis is going to spend all summer messing around and Robert Thomas is available, that dude's a big part of their future. Go out and, and throw, you know, make either make it hard for them to keep him or go get him. Like, make an effort to go get him. Have that be the point of the move. But... I mean, you obviously have to draw your line where you're comfortable. Of course. You know, and if it's like just a, it would be, you know, just a, just a second round pick probably doesn't get that done yep. because St. Louis says, well, we're not just going to take that. That's not acceptable compensation. We're not tempted by that. We'll just overpay and sign the player. You would have to make it in this first and third range where Robert Thomas, they probably don't want to give him up for, for a first and a third, but they're tempted. Like, we really like the guy we spent all these years. Like, we should, we should, we, you know, we don't want to lose him, but a first and a third is fine, and we can't really pay him that. Yeah, to me, the Kakaniemi offer sheet is going to make teams want to get their dudes signed earlier so they don't have to deal with a hard decision like this. It's always been the dumbest thing that these RFAs just wait all summer. And then teams like look at look at all of the business that still has to get done. Yep. Bovillier, Sorokin, Pedersen, Darlene, Caprizov, Yamamoto, Quinn Hughes, Brady Kachuk. Yep. Robert There's Thomas, Nolan Patrick, there. Casey Middlestat. Like Yep. I mean Drake Batherson. Yeah, there's a bunch of dudes still just sitting there waiting to sign their contracts. Hell, Eli Tolvanen is an RFA out there. Wouldn't that guy be an? Int- wouldn't that be an interesting dude? You would think. You need you need you need some skating, and you need some. No, you can offer sheet anybody that's an RFA. That isn't ten point two, but yeah, right. the 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 Hughes thing is that he doesn't have enough pro years accrued. So no, you can offer sheet a guy coming off of a of an ELC, assuming he's played enough games, which is because it's is it forty one? Well, I, it gets weird with like the pandemic because there's prorated stuff and all of that. But yeah, in a normal year, I think it's forty one games counts as an accrued pro season. I don't think Tolvanen's legit at all. I've always been down on Tolvanen. I just think he's too he's he's too limited as a player. Outside of what he does well. And I think he's too small of a player to be as one-dimensional as he is. Now, his dimension is going to keep him in the league. He's a good goal scorer. That's going to keep him in the league for a healthy chunk of years. I just don't I don't think he gets a ton better. Our, our chat is correct. Tolvanen just signed three years, $4.35 million, So That would have been a good offer sheet. Yep. Would have been uh, it, need, it would need to be. It would need to be a little more expensive. It, it, it'd that. need to be like five and a half or something to make it a hard decision. But yeah, 
But I mean, that's a yeah. I don't know. David Poyle just keeps magicing contracts out of his ass. He yeah. just keeps convincing <laughs> these young guys to sign these young these multi year deals, and it just doesn't make sense for a guy like Tolvanen to take that deal. It's stupid. Yep. Yep. I don't understand how these kids say yes to this. Their agents. <laughs> Need some work. Dude, it's security. When you're an RFA, security is not that big of a deal. Yep. Not that big of a deal when you're potentially giving up millions of dollars on uh, on a multi-year deal. Like that's just. For sure. What are uh, you doing? Well, maybe they just really want to get in their next order of Hassle Cattle Company. They need that signing bonus to get themselves some delicious Wagyu beef, all right? The $20 that uh, Kakanami's going to get might not be quite enough. That's all I'm saying. So head up Hassle Cattle Company. Get their amazing beef. They, they have amazing meats from top to bottom, not just their Wagyu. We have the burger down at the bar. Go try it. I have nothing left to say about the burger. Try it and love it, and, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But you can get their tomahawk steaks, their ribeyes, all sorts of other amazing meat at HassleCattleCompany.com. And get 10% off when you use code DNVR10. Plus, if you order over $200, maybe get a group order going. You get free shipping as well. Then you can get on over to StravaCraftCoffee.com and get 25% off that. So you can get a little bit of coffee to go with your meat or, you know, if you just want some coffee. CBD infused as well, so it helps with things like migraines and joint pain. All that aches and pains and such all over your body, excuse me, can uh, can make those a little bit better. You get 20% off if you join their subscription service as well, basically for life. Or you can get the cold brew down at the DNVR bar. When you're down at the bar, all you have to do is go a couple blocks down the street to hit up Solace Meds, where you can get your cannabis needs, ranging from 15 to 25% off in-store on select products. And if you use the code DNVR20, you'll get 20% off as well. You can order online for pickup if that's your thing. has four locations in Colorado, one up in Fort Collins, one in Wheat Ridge, one off-Broadway, and one just a couple blocks from the DNVR bar. So, yeah. If you need some cannabis, hit up Solace Meds as well. You'll get a free King Cone or Solace Bar when you buy something at the Wheat Ridge location. So go check them out. Get yourself some good stuff. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. AJ. What up? It's, again, it's, it's usually teams that we've talked about so far that have money to spend, that have room on their roster, that makes sense to start offer sheeting players. How realistic is something like the Nolan Patrick situation you were you were talking about for a team that is up against the cap, somewhat like the Avs are? I don't, I mean, I don't think it is. Um, as much as I loved what Carolina did, it's obvious that they were driven as much by petty revenge yeah, right. as anything else. So, Which... Don't get me wrong, I'm all for more pettiness in this league. But Yeah, the GMs shouldn't be homies. Like yeah. I just don't this thing where it's like the GMs are all in like a group text and they're just like firing off silly emojis to each other and being like ha 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 ha. <laughs> Look at us, we're all pals. Like what? You guys are competing. I thought you guys were supposed to, like, you guys go out and you stress how your teams have to be competitive and blah, 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 blah. But 
you guys will have this gentleman's agreement. Oh, well, we aren't going to touch each other's RFAs. It's stupid, man. It, and and if this wasn't driven by the 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 revenge factor, I don't I don't think that this would have happened. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. And I have no problem with that, to be honest with you. I want more revenge in the league. Yeah. There should be there should be saltiness, man. There should be there should be pettiness. The GMs shouldn't like each other. You know, oh, you gotta, you have to have a working relationship. All right, well, that's all good and well. Yeah, but I just, you know, Ottawa doesn't have any reason to give up a guy like Batherson, unless unless you comically overpay for a guy like that. Why would they? It's been a huge find for them. Doesn't bad teams need to build around guys like that? Not give them up for funsies. Uh, I agree. That's uh, Kaprizov is a tough one to to give an offer sheet to because of how much you'd have to pay just to get him to sign it. Well, and Kaprizov is different uh, in that you know we're talking about like one year deals right now. Yep. But Kaprizov is a little bit different just because he's so much older than these right. other guys. Right. That Kaprizov is, you know, he's a free agent in three years. Mm-hmm. So getting that dude on an offer sheet would have been a a lot of challenges. Uh, yeah. I, I, he wants, what, $10 million from Minnesota? And Minnesota probably matches if someone pays him $10 million on an offer sheet? Yeah, they would absolutely match, and then they would just figure it out. So all right, well, we'll just do what we have to do in order to, to, to be compliant. You're talking about you're realistically in the range of four first round picks to give him yeah. an offer sheet that he would sign. Which is again why I'm saying that going after the star players is not the route. Yep, agreed. It's you true. can you can you can front load offer sheets and contracts in the NHL to an extent. Thirty five percent per year. Yeah. You can't you can't do it so like it used to be where it was a free for all, where if you sign a fifty five million dollar contract, fifty the of it gets four paid. Years are all one million dollar. Exactly, <laughs> like they don't they don't allow that stuff to happen anymore. Yep. Um, but that's where that's where signing bonuses have have changed that game a little bit, as is being mentioned with the Aho deal. That was how Montreal tried to structure it so that. The, the bonuses wouldn't be able to afford it up front was the concept there. Yeah, because yeah, there it was twenty million dollars in bonus money in the first two years. Yep. And yep. people were like, "Carolina can't pay that," and they can. Turns out they can. Yeah, and if you look at that, if you look at Aho's deal, his actual salary is quite. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he makes basically the minimum every year, but his. The, the 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 July first of every season, he, he gets, gets mad money. <laughs> yeah, he gets that fat check. <laughs> you love to see it. Uh, so yeah, it's it's a very it's still a weird space, right? It, there still are not a lot of players that it makes a lot of sense to offer sheet in general. 
Yeah. But you and I would both like to see teams be a lot more aggressive with the handful of guys that it does make sense to offer sheet for. Yeah, I mean, going after the Nolan Patricks and the Robert Thomases and the Anthony Beauvilliers, that's where it needs to be. That's where that's where it makes teams think, okay, well, should I just take the compensation? Like, we hate to lose the player, but this is this is over the top. Yep. You know, that's that's you have to you have to make teams think about it. You gotta give you gotta give them some because if it's it, and this is why star players it's like teams will do everything they can to keep star players. Right. Bend over backwards to keep the dude that is the engine of their team for sure. So, you know, that's it's it's an interesting group because you look at you look at the RFAs and it's easy to be seduced by the big name on there. You know, it's easy oh Caprizov and Pedersen. I would think, you know, Sorokin should be generating some level of interest as a twenty five year old ready made starting goaltender who's only going to get better and I think is going to be a top five goalie at some point in his career. <laughs> like that dude, that dude should be the apple of a lot of eyes. If, if Kako has another down year, I think he'd be a great target, but well, if he has another down year, then you no longer have the David Quinn excuse. Exactly. Like, but, oh, but... David, David Quinn is ruining him. He's not getting opportunity but, and all right, that. Exactly. But... But, but that's what I'm saying. If he has another down year, you're looking at making a bet where maybe you overpay, hoping he can break out in your team system, whichever team that may be. But yeah, I mean, you'd have to, it would have to be, it, it would, yeah. But to like stylistically, if he breaks out for 50 or 60 points, it becomes a lot harder to acquire him on an offer sheet. Well, yeah, because then the Rangers are like, perfect. Whatever you pay him, we're good with that. Yep. You know, I there. It's the lower end guys, the lower end UFAs that I'm also I would be curious about and wonder, you know, like a like Noah Gregor. You know, where he was like, he got into some games hasn't really been particularly impactful but his has shown flashes but yeah. if if you sign him to an offer sheet and san jose gets a second round pick in compensation maybe they just say all right we go with that <laughs> yeah you know like those guys are those guys would be interesting offer sheet candidates too but i think what we should what what should really be the takeaway here is this is a great idea but specifically for oh my god, I swear to god I do not have property that I'm trying to sell. Please stop texting me. <laughs> Please stop texting me. Um I get these walls of text in Spanish and I'm just like, God damn it. That land in Texas is high high traffic. People <laughs> whoever, really want it. Whoever whoever did this, well played. <laughs> also burn in hell. There's some dude who's been sitting there for years like, why does nobody want to buy this land? Nobody has called me about it. <laughs> oh, my. Can... What? The Tolvanian thing. Yeah. That was per year. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> I thought the Tolvanian thing was total. total. The, the 4.35, I thought that was over three years. No, that's per year. That's per. 
Yeah, I take all the nice things I said about David Poyle. I take back. <laughs> yeah, I'm well aware of Zach Whitecloud and RFA next year. I don't need to think about that. As defense doesn't need him, it's fine. Oh, dude, are you kidding me? He's like a perfect fit for exactly what they need. Like a bigger dude, hits yeah, some people, right-handed. He'd fit real, real well after Murray leaves, honestly. Like a better version of Ryan Graves. Like, yep. oh my god, dude, I would take Zach Whitecloud in a heartbeat. That's why the abs won't get him. I would trade a first-round pick for that guy. <laughs> All right. Uh, so... Should we should we wrap things up here? Final thoughts on on the offer sheet situation and yeah, offer sheet Zach White Club. Just demand that hockey do more offer sheeting, please. It doesn't actually, you know, it doesn't have to be offer sheeting. Just be a little saltier, NHL. Yeah, can we get a little hate going between these organizations? <laughs> Something, right? According to Camp Friendly, it's it's four three five per year. Yeah, yeah. Friendly has it as per as as annual. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Obviously, with the Tolvanen thing, somebody's right. <laughs> it'll get yep. it'll get it'll get sorted at some point. We, but we don't either, cover that team, so that's Nashville's problem. Either, either that's yeah. a great deal, or it's a it's a really big swing and a miss. So <laughs> I, well, one of those two. But yeah, I mean, the NHL the NHL needs to have a little bit of saltiness between organizations they need to a little consternation between these gms stop being so goddamn buddy buddy i know that they have to like have working relationships but you're trying to win a stanley cup here all right if you stop like straight up back you have to bring jeremy roenick to be a gm of a team too then then pierre mcguire also gets a gm job that's fine as long as it's not with the abs He's already uh, a lot closer than he was a year ago. So he's what head of president of scouting or something for vice Ottawa president vice of president? development. Oh, I there believe. It is. Yeah, that's, that's what the it one. Is. Yeah. So yeah, you could. Yeah, that's true. Brian Burke is back around. Uh, yeah, just be just a little bit more mad. Yeah, and like I don't know either. I was listening to, to Burke talk about the Penner deal and, like, why he was upset about it. And he was like, oh, I've got to pay my star players. and Now I have to play Dustin Penner. I have to pay Dustin Penner, too. And, like, he was mad because he thought the Penner deal was, like, resetting the market for middle six guys who were good but not great. Well, then wasn't Penner, like, out of the league a few years later, too? Yeah, like, it didn't... It was a weird thing for him to get as upset about as yeah, he did. For sure. Oh, well. Uh, it's... Yeah. I, I, I'm I'm with AJ on this one. Definitely stop, stop a little bit of the old boys club nonsense. You're not all friends. Yeah. Like, you guys are in direct competition for the same thing. One of 32 of you is going to be successful at the end of the day. Yeah. Now, I understand that there are some organizations that have different goals that are rebuilding and are like, well, we're not going to... You know, we're, we're not going to go out and sign a guy. Like, Arizona's not going to go out and sign a dude to an right. offer. That's, 
that it'd be a waste of their assets to do that. Sure. And seen, I don't know that it would be. Like if you're if you're Arizona, wouldn't the Nolan Patrick offer sheet make a lot of sense? It's going to depend on situation, and it's going to depend on whether you believe in the player or not. That would be one where obviously their first is too valuable for them to dick around with right. giving up, you're and like maybe you try in the second, second round. Rounder, sure. But still giving him like four and a half million or whatever the second round line is, whatever I mean, the max second round line is. More flat, I think. But yeah, okay, fine. Then you do that, and then if Vegas matches it, then they match it. But and, and like now they have a different they've got problems. But like you try and get better that way. And I think I think for teams that need to try and find talent, that's a smart way to go about it. And it was something I hadn't really thought of before before Carolina did this. Now Carolina in this exact situation Doesn't make is a ton of sense, but yeah, weird as shit in a lot of ways. <laughs> but it's I really, I really, genuinely do like the concept of it. Um, the same way that I loved when Garth Snow started trading draft picks for pending free agents, I loved, I loved that idea to to get two weeks to try and wine and dine them and bring him to the city and show him everything that you had to offer for a and or whatever. Yeah. Right. And like get him with some alumni and blah, 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 blah. And like you did it with a, for a, and I love that. And that's, that kind of started a mini trend for a little while there. And I, I love this idea. See, you don't, with Gerard's contract, you don't offer sheet with long-term deals. You, the way that, again, the way that they're calculated is just different. So you get over four years, I think it is, and offer sheets get really weird. Yeah, the rules the rules get really goofy um, at the fifth year. So, I mean, you trade within division pretty regularly. The Avs have made two deals with Chicago in the last year. Mm-hmm. They made a deal. They just made a deal with Arizona as they were coming into their division. Like I, the they trading made- with division rival stuff isn't as real as people they think it is. With Minnesota midseason, like yeah, they traded with Nashville a couple of years ago. Um, they've done multiple Nashville deals in the last five years. Yep, like they have. They are even even if like the saltiness is there, like you're still gonna you're still gonna go out and try and do business with people. But the, the the division stuff, don't worry about it. Just try and make your team better. Just try and make your team better is the point. Yep. Who cares about anything else? Yeah. I would agree with Kevin. I don't understand why Toronto decided to draw some sort of weird hard line. Because Toronto's on, Toronto. On Zach Hyman, like, you were going to lose the guy in UFA. Wouldn't you have rather have gotten literally anything? You would think. This is the thing. That's the thing that happens in the NBA all the time. Guys get into a free agency, and they agree to a deal with a team, and they're and then like back out of it. Yeah. Well, and then they're like they like go to their original team, and and they're like, hey, let's do a sign and trade, and this team will pick up a future second round pick or something, which are not nearly as valuable in the NBA as they are in the NHL. But you know, have you seen the video on the Antonio McDice and all the craziness that happened with him when he signed in Colorado? Uh, like with Phoenix and, yeah, like, and they like and all the yes, <laughs> yeah, that's a crazy ass story. Yeah, actually, it's yeah. wild. <laughs> yeah, anybody, anybody that wants to go down a fun rabbit hole uh, of sports history, the Antonio McDice saga with yeah. the Nuggets was was very interesting. 
<laughs> he was a really good player too. He was great on a terrible, terrible Nuggets team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in any case, I guess uh, that's gonna wrap it up pretty much for us today. So. Thank you, everyone, for watching, listening. However you consume the pod, we appreciate it a ton. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with uh, more interesting stuff, probably. Yeah. I don't know if the, what the league wants to do. If they keep yeah. making news, that's what we'll be talking about. Hopefully hopefully, teams keep doing wild stuff that we can just keep turning into shows. There you go. Otherwise, maybe we'll look at uh, around the league futures kind of stuff like we had at one point planned to do. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Either yeah. way. We've got about three more weeks of shows before on ice stuff gets going. Yeah. If we get through two weeks, we can start hyping up the rookie tournament at least, but yeah. And I think, I think tentatively, I don't believe it's been confirmed, but I think that there's supposed to be an avalanche dev camp of some kind. Yeah, The week, either the week of, or the week before the rookie tournament, which is the 17th to the 20th of September. And rookies will be on the ice in Denver before then, so the fifteenth and sixteenth for sure. And then Possibly I think like the tenth or something. Yeah. I think the dev camp is like roughly scheduled for about the tenth. Well, I'll actually be able to go into a rink. That'll be nice. Season prediction show is gonna be different this year. Yep. I'm just gonna say that. And that's gonna come, you know, right before the actual season. Yeah. We still have to find the person for it and get it scheduled in studio. And I thought you found a person. Uh, I have a good. I didn't. That lady and I talked, and it was not going to be a good fit. So. I see. All right. So the hunt continues. She was. She was too concerned that we were going to make fun of what she does. I see. And that we weren't going to like show a proper amount of respect towards it. And I. Gotcha. I was like, we're just having fun here. Like. Yep. We're taking it seriously, but we're not. Yep. So, I don't know. Um, anyway, we're not going to reveal any more secrets than that at this point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we're out of here. Thank you again, chat. And we will talk to you guys same time, same place tomorrow. <laughs>